Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. And today in studio, we are joined by Waller Catholic head coach, Corey Tischer, who's coming off a COVID-shortened 6-6 six and six season and is in his ninth season as the head skipper for the Golden Eagles. Now, Coach Tischer, I know that your inbox your voicemail, your emails has been going crazy all off season. So let's just address the elephant in the room before we talk about the 2021 Eagles. Everybody has been blowing up your inbox and everybody has been blowing up my inbox. You had an open sophomore position at Wallert and you did not even give me a call. People want to know why. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's a nice one right away. I mean, I haven't seen you lately, man. I don't, I don't think you're a size of an elephant, but, uh, it is what it is. Hey, I didn't really reach out to anybody, man. If you had interest to, uh, make it like the coaching life cycle where you, where you started and what had interest in coming back, not saying I would have actually considered it, but hey, man, um, that was your call. I mean, we had, we had people knocking and we're very happy with, uh, Coach McDermott coming back. You did, you did hire a great young guy in um, Jimmy McDermott. And, yes, I right now have no interest in coaching at all. I'm having <laughs> way too much fun with the podcast. But there is something that we do need to address. I know I was getting a lot of um, people reaching out to me about this. I know I've reached out to you about it a couple times. You have the number one ranked player in the state of Iowa, Tommy Speck, who's currently a junior, University of Kentucky commit. People want to know, is he playing? If they go down to Johnny Petrakis or if they go to an inner city game, are they going to see uh, Tommy Speck suiting up for the Golden Eagles this summer? Yeah, just like the other 17 guys on our varsity, Tommy's been at every practice with us since we started May 3rd. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tommy's a special player. Um, he's going to play with us here for a while. Um, right now, the plan is by his choice to uh, leave uh, to leave the team uh, right around uh, June 18th mark. Um, he just has at the level he is at, and I've learned a lot here the last you know few months. I mean, I've I've talked to him and his family probably more, and I've talked to my own family here between texts and emails and some face to face conversations. Just try to do to maximize his potential to be when he shows up at Kentucky and a couple falls or potentially get drafted that he's trying to make money through this great game that we both love. You know, so I've learned a lot through this process. So um, he just has a lot of things going on from a national level of, of, of just events that scouts want more data. I mean, we're in a data world and if they can get, you know, 30 more live at bats against upper end pitching, that helps them help their decisions you know, come the 2022 draft and where they might view Tommy in comparison to others. So right around that June 18th mark right now, the plan is that he will, by his choice, he will leave the team 
just to maximize some things he has down south. And the second part of it, with, with it being his choice, and he's still going to be around some during, you know, the last couple weeks of the regular season into the postseason, but he just felt like he would be a distraction to the team to be gone, you know, for a week and a half, back for a doubleheader, gone again for another week and a half. So he just feels that's the best, and I'm going to support him with the decision that he made. So we're, we're excited to have him for, you know, three weeks of practice here and four weeks of games, and, you know, the plan is for him to leave, but um, we'll, we'll see where, where things shake out. Now, as a coach, you have a rare situation that's going on right now is you currently have the top-rated player in Iowa that who recently graduated from high school, graduated early. Then you have Tommy Speck, who's the top-rated player in his, his class. What, what are your feelings? What are your thoughts you know, you think about what could have been. You sit and you think about putting those two in a lineup. How does how does that hit you at night or, or when you're looking around and you see the catcher position not filled by Ian and then knowing that right field, Tommy might play a month this year and then he might never suit up for the Golden Eagles again? Yeah, I mean, so both of them are super talented dudes and uh, good, good, good guys, so just to have them in our area and at our school, um, that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, directly with Ian, like I've never coached Ian. I mean, I can go back to like when he was in like third grade, remember the lower baseball camps, you know, and then in, about, like in middle school going out to, you know, Stevens facility to watch him work out a little bit. But to where Ian's at his baseball career path, like I've had no like direct uh, help with him at all. I mean, I've talked to some scouts about him that have reached out to me, but, you know, with Ian's baseball path, I mean, that's, I've had no direction with him. So, um, really don't have a lot of thought in regards to what could have been with him with us at Waller just because that really wasn't, you know, maybe a few years ago we kicked around the idea and it just never phased, um, never happened. So really I haven't put a lot of thought in that. Now that I'm getting older, I'm trying, you know, I don't have a lot of, a lot of brain power left in there to really try to think about things that I can control versus the what ifs and all that stuff with baseball and my own personal life and just life in general. Um, you know, with Tommy, I mean, Tommy's been a huge part of our program, you know, for the last four years here. I mean, as an eighth grade, had a great year. We brought him up as a freshman, you know, and he just seeing him grow, you know, physically. I mean, he has improved leaps and bounds since last July, like stronger physically. I mean, he is he is a completely different ball player and he was he was damn good last summer. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that he wants to be a part of our program here still because, he, you know, it, the program means a lot to him and he knows how we as a staff can help him, especially you know, the mental side of the game. That's the one thing I really, really think we can help Tommy. And we treat Tommy just like we treat whoever might be 18th on our, our you know, on the depth chart per se that, you know, here are your expectations. If you don't work, we're going to hide you. I don't care if you are leaving us in three weeks or if you're, you know, never going to play the game of baseball after our last game this season. You know, our expectations for our players are pretty much the same. Let's talk about the upcoming 2021 season and best of luck to Ian and Tommy on their journey. I know we're all pulling for them here. What are your expectations for the 2021 season for the Eagles? Pretty easy, man. All right. Have a lot more fun, have more practices and more games than we did last summer, right? Simple as that. <laughs> what about uh, simple as that? Play more and, and practice more, right? What? What, what are your yeah. expectations on the field? You hope to get in yeah, a 40 game I, season. You, you hope to have postseason play. You hope to get to play teams all across the state. Once the product's out on the field and it's all said and done, where would you like to see the Eagles soar this year? On the field, you know, since, since I've kind of been leading the charge here, our expectations are pretty much the same every year. And that's to enjoy the time that we have on the field, learning life lessons, 
you know, the game of baseball, teamwork, and then hopefully winning some games. I mean, in with with the schedule we play, both in conference and out of conference, I mean, we can have a really good team and sit around that 500 mark. I mean, that's a realistic thing for us. So, you know, each year for us, we try to be, you know, a few games over 500. You know, we might get a special year like our 2013 team, the first year Coach Rowland and I kind of did it together. We weren't like the most talented team in the world. It's just things kind of clicked and we won conference that year. You know, um, you know, so our expectations aren't the same. You know, be, be a couple games over 500. All right, be competitive most games on our schedule. And uh, come tournament time, you know, we expect to uh, make it to the state tournament, wherever it's going to be at this year, you know, and, um, you know, have the chance of winning it. I mean, that's pretty much the same it's been here for us since uh, the last decade here. That is the question on everybody's mind is where is the state tournament going to be held? Your infield is highlighted by a, by a guy by the name of Jake Brogius. And Jake Brogius last year hit 405, had an on-base percentage of 500. He had, in 42 at-bats, had 22 hits, had 17 runs, and had three doubles and two triples on the year. Tell us about Jake. Walk us around the horn and tell us about the rest of your infield, possibly projected starters, position battles that are going on on the infield. Well, I'm going to, you know... Just give you um, confidential information here, Coach Manaman. Not really. Um, I'm actually surprised you haven't hit me out on it. But uh, Jake Brocious, who, who who is? I mean, he's going to bat in one hole more than likely. I mean, you know, one thing I learned from Coach Bryant. You know, if people are going to pitch around, maybe Tommy sitting in the three hole for us. You know, I know Coach Bryant put Calvin in the one hole last year because he's going to pitch to him one time, or we're going to put him on first. And you know, so we'll see what happens. But we expect Jake to be in the leadoff hole as he's been the last two years. Uh, he's actually a co-college baseball commit. And, and um, you know, as of like two months ago, I'm not going to lie, but to Jake's thing, yeah, he just didn't want to put on social media. It's just his thing. So uh, that's just the type of guy Jake is that, uh, you know, um, so I'm excited for him because obviously Co as it was in the Telegraph Herald here um, today, actually just an awesome article about what that program is doing with the Butte County guys. And we're excited to have Jake down there to uh, continue that. But, um, you know, we expect Jake to be our guy at second base again this year. Um, you might see him in the outfield from time to time. That's what he grew up at. He has some interest in going out there maybe a little bit as well. You know, he has a chance to maybe compete at both spots for Co next year. So we'll kind of just shake that out. Um, his, his backup there, um, you know, is, is down the hallway, you know, across the room for him in the bedroom there with Ryan Brocious. Um, we'll be, is competing with Jake at second base. So we're between those two there. We're, we're confident we have second base locked up. Um, behind the dish, um, you know, as we know, and you've talked to with uh, a couple of our former players, I mean, we're, we're a big fan of catching two guys on a doubleheader, 1A and 1B. Obviously, if it's a single game, you know, um, there's a lot of variables there. But we have three guys that we feel um, defensively can help us back there, and that's uh, senior Sam Bessler, who was our, you know, one of our two last year, and then sophomore Jack Walsh has just been tremendous for us this offseason. Um, right now they're probably the top two, and then junior Ian Borelli, um, defensively isn't too far behind offensively a little bit further behind but as you know with that DH different things can happen uh, over at first base the same pretty much the same two guys we had last year I know uh, you know Charlie Yeager went over there a little bit for us last year but uh, junior Garrett Kadolf and senior Luke Hine will pretty much man first base for us um, you know they both will be relief pitchers so when one's there they'll be at first you know they both you know we anticipate you know to get some varsity time at first you know, in our offensive lineup at first, whether it's a DH role. So, um, you know, they're both going to they're both going to play some for us there. We talked about second base uh, shortstop uh, senior Derek Tauber, who just with uh, Maddie Schmitz, you know, not you know, 
again, can't get into some reasons about where we've been pandemic-wise, but Maddie was away from us for a little bit last year, so Derek ended up playing a lot of short stuff for, short stuff for us last year. Um, you know, he's going to be the first guy that shorts up again this year with junior Carson Kummer, who's just a super athlete. Um, both him, Jake, and Ryan Brocious are all running down state track meet here this week. So, um, you know, they have something that two of us didn't have, and that's a little bit of speed. You know, but Carson's getting better there. Um, at third base, um, it's going to be Aaron Savory and Jared Walter, just like it's been the last couple of years. You know, if one of them's pitching, the other one's going to be at third base. Um, if neither one of them are pitching, you know, you might see one of them in the DH hole. Jared Walter, you might see, you know, run around the outfield, which he's done for us the last couple of years. So that's pretty much our, our infield there for us this year. Congratulations to Jake Brogius. I will have to update my top three uncommitted players list. He was <laughs> ranked in there at number two. Also, 12 for 12 in stolen bases last year. Outfield has loads and loads of talent. Center field last year returning is Landon Stoll. He hit 348 with an on-base percentage of 483. And we've talked about Tommy Speck. And Tommy last year hit 525 with an on-base percentage of 569. He drove in 12, I'm sorry, 20 RBIs in 12 games, had one triple, two home runs and five doubles and one of my favorite events last year with baseball wise was when I went to that senior um, Wallert game where the batting lineup was a merry-go-round and everybody (laughs) was hitting I think Cole Smith was six for eight and Tommy put on quite the show as well and I think Bennett Cutsworth also had a great game as well but what can you tell us about Landon Anything more you want to throw in about Tommy? And then what else? Who are some other guys in the outfield yeah. that might be joining yeah. those guys? Yeah, we feel we have a lot of depth in the outfield, um, both when Tommy's with us and, and when we when he leaves. I mean, when he leaves, our expectation's the same, and that's to be competitive and win games and make it to the state tournament. Um, yeah, but Landon's going to be in center field for us. He's, you know, just another year of the varsity level. You know, he had a good spring with the Legion team. You know, I know he had one amazing catch on state tournament. Some people there followed up with me. So, yeah, Landon's going to patrol center field for us for the second year. I mean, he's, a, he's an infielder that we moved out there a couple years ago. We did the same thing about eh, five, six years ago with Nolan Temp. Just at that freshman softball level, we're trying to project where we see him in a couple years. And Landon made that switch. He does a good job out there for us. You know, Tommy's going to be out in right field pretty much every game. He's going to be with us. You know, then left field, it's like the, uh, you know, your first freshman baseball practice when you ask people where they want to go and you got your 15 guys running the second base. You know, that's out in left field for us this year. We have a, you know, a group of guys, some that we talked about in the infield with, um, you know, Carson Kummer and Ryan Brocious. You know, you're going to find both of them in the outfield at various points of the year. Uh, ben Freed, a junior for us, who had a great sophomore year, um, left-handed, you know, another left-handed stick, nothing wrong with that. And then Jared Walter that we talked about. You know, depending on who's on the mound, Jared's going to be out there. So we definitely, you know, have some depth out there, um, you know, and we're going to need a group of guys to uh, play there with some pitchers. And then, when, you know, except with Tommy leaving for a little bit there, you know, we're going to have, you know, multiple guys out there. It's going to, you know, dictate on who's pitching, who's hot, and just getting guys some varsity time and just see where, where things roll out. Looking at the pitching staff, it's anchored by – the ace of the staff, and I could be wrong, but uh, Aaron Savory, and he was the ace of the staff with the Legion team, him and Eli Green from Cascade. Give us a little scouting report. Who's fixing to be your opening day starters? Who are some of the conference starters? And who are some of the back-end guys that might see some of the innings come non-conference time? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron's been a great – I mean, Aaron's going to – he's a really good pitcher, and he's gotten better. I mean, he's – you know, every every bullpen live situation we get, I mean, he's sitting 87, 89 – 
you know, has touched 90, 91 a couple times. And his slider is really, really good. Um, you know, his changeup is good. His curveball's developing. Um, so it's just having confidence in those to uh, be able to throw those in every count. So, you know, we expect him and Jared Walter to be the front two guys of our rotation. We are opening night, and there's a lot of variables with that. You know, Aaron recovers quicker than Jared does. You know, so just working because we, you know, we open on a Monday conference on that Friday. So we'll 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 have a pitch count on our guys early. I mean, they're both are 100, but just with turnaround time and you know, making sure we're taking care of arms. But those two will be our top two guys for sure. Um, our number three will be Landon Stoll. That we talked about a little bit. He was our number four last year. We project him to slide in that number three hole, you know, to be a conference starter for us. And our, you know, our fourth, you know, conference starter, again, some weeks around six conference games, but uh, we'll be sophomore Bryce Rudiger. Um, we're going to bring Bryce up, you know, similar to what we did with Charlie Yeager his sophomore year. He'll come up and pitch for us, you know, being a starter. We can kind of help. Here's where we're going to pitch him, you know, on a week, depending on the weather. And then he'll go back down to sophomores and play the other game. So we feel to start the year, those can be our top four arms. Um, sorry, our top four starting arms, I should clarify that. Um, our long relievers, our spot starters, you know, in those weeks, we need that fifth and sixth. Um, you know, sophomore Ryan Brocious, who, you know, is not going to – he just competes. He's not going to blow past anybody. But he got a, he came up last year and did a little bit for us, pitched against West Dubuque that week right for tournament and did a good job against West Dubuque. And then uh, Derek Tauber uh, will throw some for us as well. But, again, with him being, at least right now, our everyday shortstop, being mindful of when we use him and how much – and then our short relievers, um, you know, Jack Walsh, we talked about catcher. I mean, Jack Jack is developing a lot. We'll, uh, we'll uh, see how that shakes out with Jack. Um, Garrett Kadolf, who's been out of the bullpen, and right now he looks like he'll be our closer for us. You know, Garrett competes, um, you know, so he'll, he'll probably be our closer to start the year. And then our other two relievers, uh, Luke Hine and Ben Freed. You know, that's, that's 10 arms right there, which we're going to need all 10 of those arms to throw multiple innings for us this year. Um, just with where we're on and taking care of our arms and uh, the schedule that we're playing. And the Eagles this year are having to replace 20 lost innings and three wins from last year. And the opening day starter last year, Charlie Yeager, is doing his business, I believe, for Ellsworth Community College. Yep. Right, Coach? He is. He had a great great year with them. I mean, he was pretty much their number two, number three pitcher all year. Um, competed really well. So, yeah, uh, Charlie, 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 like the other, man, we had five seniors last year, all good dudes, good leaders, uh, which I know you're going to be asking me here in a little bit. Um, you know, um, yeah, Charlie Charlie on the mound is going to be one guy we're going to have to definitely look to replace. But even Matty Schmitz, who didn't throw a lot last year just with how things shaked out, but Matty was pretty much our closer last year. You know, so on the mound, those are two, two big uh, positions that we're looking to fill here this year. That was a great segue. Who are the senior leaders? What are you expecting from them? Yeah, um, again, we, we have a great senior class, great dudes, um, work hard. You know, a couple of them aren't the most vocal kids, so they lead by example, which is great. But who are going to be those vocal leaders, which are very, very important? You know, a couple of them. Uh, one I haven't talked about is Connor Buten. You know, Connor's a senior. You know, we had our one-on-one meetings pretty much actually day one of practice, and Connor, Connor knows he's not going to be a varsity player but just loves – the game of baseball and he just yaps 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 and those are the dudes that we just love so we look to connor serve a very important role for us from a talking leadership standpoint luke hine um you know another good guy that likes to talk a lot whether he's in the lineup or not in the lineup you know he's going to act the same way and provide that talking that we need uh jared walter you know jared's the first guy i've had a wallet that's going to coach and i'm going to coach for four years on the varsity level 
Um, you know, uh, our relationship is awesome right now. I mean, I'm sure some people have seen some things over the year that we might have butted heads, you know, a few years ago. But Jake, or, uh, Jared and I understand each other so well, and he's taken that, that, that talking role a little bit more. And then the last one is Landon Stoll. Um, you know, sometimes he talks a little too much, which is kind of our running joke. But, uh, you know, if you're hearing some people chiming in from the outfield, it's probably Landon. So, you know, we look for those guys to be our vocal leaders and then the other seniors and to be just our to lead by example. So we have a good combination with that. I had Landon in my sixth grade class at Jefferson. And, yeah, he talks way too much but really nice kid i really enjoyed him really enjoyed his family and that communication and and guys talking and cheering each other on it really is contagious it really keeps it keeps the guys up who are some of the guys that we did not see last year that are new to varsity this year that you're expecting some big things from yeah i mean kind of kind of kind of the group i talked about before you know um ryan brocious sophomores ryan brocious jack wash bryce rudiger you know, Carson Comer, Ben Freed, you know, those are kind of the ones that are, are up with us right now. Um, you know, our, our sophomore, our, I mean, our numbers at Waller are pretty good. I mean, we're, we're a middle of the pack 3A school. I mean, I don't know what our enrollment is, but it's, it's, it's not. And so, you know, it's about half a Hempstead senior, it might even less than half, but so we feel our numbers are, are pretty good. You know, we have, we have 19 sophomores, you know, two, two and a half are going to be up with us, depending on what you come to Bryce. You know, there's a couple of our sophomores. It's a talented class, you know. So there's some sophomores not up with us right now that we expect big things from. And, you know, as, as the year goes or you need a spot start or some guys just don't perform and they're swinging well down there. I mean, we've we've had a tendency. I mean, Jake Brocious, his freshman year, we brought up the week of the tournament and he finds himself in the nine hole, batting for us in the tournament after playing one varsity game. You know, it just is what it is. So, like, Seamus Curryham, Patrick Fitzgerald, Zach Callahan, Owen Wallace, Ben Brocious, Tommy Cucci. You know, just to name a couple sophomores that, um, you know, there's others um, that we expect good years from down there. Not saying things are going to happen, but, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. We'll see what Coach McDermott and Coach Rudin can do with them down there at the sophomore level. Well, if those guys aren't cutting it, I can always come in and be a consultant with that group, especially that first, that first year coach, Jimmy McDermott, there. Now, <laughs> you did answer my next question about some of the guys that we haven't seen yet that you're expecting big things from. Now what we're going to do is we're going to look at what I think are your team's greatest strengths and then what your team, what I feel is your team's greatest improvement that you need to make. And when I look at your team, you guys have tons of experience. I mean, you're young, but you have guys that have been playing varsity baseball for a long time. I have heard that Broges was killing the ball during Legion, and he has a hot stick. But I think your experience and then your depth at pitching, returning some of those guys who have been starting would be your greatest strength. So if you had to answer that question, what do you think is your team's currently their greatest strength and then your thoughts on what I feel is your greatest strength. Yeah. I mean, you pretty, I mean, you've done your, you know, you've learned from year one way. You didn't know what the heck you were doing last year in these preseason things. I'm <laughs> kidding. All right. But uh, maybe, um, but yeah, I mean, you've hit it on the button. We have, you know, I've, with COVID being last year, you know, COVID season, I, I should say, and just not a lot of, ex- not a lot of games for anybody. And then we played what 13. All right. Um, you know, we do have a lot of guys with multiple years. I mean, we got three juniors that have been with us since their freshman year. You know, a couple of sophomore, a couple of current seniors were up with us their sophomore year. So we do have 
a lot of guys with varsity experience, which our guys self-identified a week or so ago, and we talked about where we thought our biggest strengths um, were. I mean, that was definitely one. Our, our pitching staff, I mean, we're, I mean, our top three of our top four arms return with Aaron, Jared, and Landon, you know, and then just seeing how the rest shake out that we, we feel we have 14-ish guys that can help us at the varsity level, at least now in week three of practice. Again, we'll see where it all shakes out, but you know, yeah, we definitely feel their strengths. And our last strength that we feel um, is our team speed. Besides our three guys, you know, that running down state track this week, I mean, obviously Tommy Speck can run, Jared Walter can run. You know, we think, you know, most days five, six guys in our starting lineup, you know, you know, and then possibly a courtesy runner or two. I mean, we're very aggressive to begin with, you know. Um, you know, we'll see where, you know, we go here. We, we're probably, we plan on running a fair amount when we can this year at least. Now, this is the part of the show where everybody's favorite coach turns into everybody's biggest jerk. And I was hey, going... Hey, hey everybody's got to be good at something. You're good at something. Yeah. I was going to take the cop out here, and I was going to say that you guys don't have a weakness. But <laughs> I thought that that would be the easy thing to do. But here's, here's how I see it playing out. We saw it last year. We saw Marion do it where they pitched around Tommy in yeah. your uh, tournament game. When Tommy steps away to go do his thing and to make a name for himself more on a national level, even though he already has, I have a fear that Jake Broges is then going to be the guy to be pitched around. Now, I'm not sure if that's a weakness because I know Jake will swipe second and then I know Jake will swipe third. And then in traditional Wallert fashion, you guys will pull some crap like a suicide squeeze to score him. But I just think once, once Tommy leaves, the, the firepower leaves as well. So what do you think it, right now is your biggest improvement that your team needs to make moving forward? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to struggle to score runs day one against West Delaware when we have everybody and towards the end of the year. I mean, that's... That's going to be a struggle for us. Um, you know, it's not going to be when Tommy's with us, not Tommy. We're going to struggle to score runs. We feel that is our weakness. We've done more live pitching and live hitting in practice our first two weeks than we have in the last few years, and that's what we're doing again tonight. Our scrimmage against Assumption got canceled this past Saturday. So we scrapped what we planned on doing tonight, especially with how the weather looks this week. And, uh, you know, we're going live again tonight because we know, and we, we know we need to score runs. And to be able to practice that, the best way to do it is against live pitching. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, if you want to run Jake, he's going he's gonna to steal second or at least attempt to steal second in the next couple pitches. Um, you know, besides scoring runs, I think uh, our our um, other weakness, not that you asked for it, but I'm going to give it to you, is, is just focus and understanding the importance of the small things in life in the game of baseball. I mean, again, depending on how much research you did, um, you know, the three years we went to say 2015, 16, and 17 – we won. We run. We won a one-run ball game in the sub-state final. Get to state. Our three losses in 2018, 2019, 2020. Coach Manaman, how many runs combined were those three losses? I'm going to say three, but I didn't do my research. You did your research, or you're a heck of a guesser. Three runs. I mean, the you know, I go back to what Coach Rowling said. Not that I believe it, but I put a lot of thought into it. Like in the playoffs, you know, that we need to do a better job as a staff to not lose a one-run ball game in the playoffs because it's not that we weren't as talented as some other teams who just, you know, in the ball, you know, the ball doesn't lie. The ball bounces certain ways and calls go certain ways. But to be able to really focus on, you know, you know, our, our 
our sprays, you know, how we're going to shift certain guys, what pitch we're throwing. Could I cheat just a little bit to maybe get this ground ball to knock down so the runner from second didn't score? All those little things that may go unnoticed by 95% of the people there, but come the seventh inning when you're up one run instead of trying to chase one game, one run, you know, that's what wins and lose ball games in a postseason against two equal teams talent-wise, which we're probably going to see you know, in the district game right out of the shoot, I would assume. One last question about you came in you from came in from a listener and it's a three-part question. Why did you get into coaching? 20 years later, you're still coaching. What keeps you coaching? And then when you decide to hang up those turf shoes and that blue and gold fungo bat, how do you want to be remembered at Wallert Catholic High School? Yeah, to get it get into coaching, I mean, sports has been just a huge part of my life, which I'm sure it's with yourself and a lot of coaches. You know, you've had positive role models, you know, um, just something about the game. This game has done a lot for, a lot for me. Um, I've lost some personal people. You know, I'm sure you've read like Aaron Lancaster is probably the best teammate I've ever played with. That, you know, the principal in Darlington that passed away of cancer. And just as you get older, you just understand some different things with life. And, you know, this game has brought a lot of things to me, met a lot of great people, met my wife through the game of baseball. So it's just so important um you know to try to continue to pass on that love of the game what's what my legacy um you know it's a good question by your by your listener there you're one of one of few i'm kidding again all right and just trying to th- stall here and think a little bit more um because i didn't put any time into this question um but regards to legacy like i, I guess i'm not overly worried by that um because people from the outside are probably going to view myself but what they see at some random game or games they come to, which during games, you know, I know how I can act at times. All right. The, you know, what they might read in the newspaper, certain quotes, and it just, you know, they might perceive me one way, which could be accurate, could be inaccurate. You know, um, I'm more looking at like the guys in the program that, especially the varsity guys that are with us each and every day and those parents and what they view, you know, um, other coaches talk about going back to wet, you know, having weddings and, you know, checking in on college, you know. Um, you know, Alex Temp, I did a Zoom with him a couple of weeks ago for a coaching class down at Kell that he was trying to pass, you know. Um, so just those things, you know, when people come dads and husbands and just follow back up with you, you know, you made an impact in their lives. Um, you know, that, that's kind of the legacy I'm really worried about. You know, those people that are in the program um, that see it, see, see, see it daily versus just that quick snapshot from the outside, which could be accurate or inaccurate. Um, in regards to like, you know, just, you know, as you know, I mean, as things, as you, as your kids get older and how things change, I mean, just it, it's, it, it's time. I mean, it, it's a lot of time for us to do, for us at Waller to be successful. Um, I demand a lot of time on myself, my staff and the guys. I mean, these guys have done a great job. A lot of them put in individual time at all our, you know, great, you know, facilities here in town, but we've been at this thing since January, like multiple times a week. Um, you know, doing different things and, you know, um, we're, we're excited with where we're at and, you know, how things shake out and, you know, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Best of luck to coach Tisher, the parents, the players and the families on this upcoming 2021 season, six, four, three, we're out of here. Post game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, 
Facebook, and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.